everybody. Welcome back to Hotline Monday. It is Monday, the 24th of July, 2017. It is Pioneer Day here in Salt Lake City, but not Woo! in uh, freaking Texas where you are. You guys celebrate nothing today. How's it going? Uh, no, no, no. What, what Texas is known for is celebrating nothing. Just kidding. They yeah. love celebrating everything, including that 15 minutes they were in a country. Everything's bigger in Texas, and uh, here it's all about uh, more fireworks. It's like the 4th of July twice in Utah. That's how it works. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so it'll, it'll tonight it'll be fireworks shows all over the valley, and it'll it'll feel like the fourth. It's like you went back in time. It's the dumbest thing ever. Uh, it is my sister's birthday, so that's about the only thing I care to that's, celebrate. But in general, you have you have a a, a, a love hate relationship with a uh, hate underline for Fourth of July, right? Yeah, I don't I don't love the um I don't love the disruption of it. I don't like the night before how dogs lose their minds because people are. Uh, firing off shit when they should probably wait until the actual celebration of the night of the 4th instead of yeah. doing it a week ahead and a week after. I hate that. That drives me crazy. But other than that, I like it. You know, let's celebrate. Woo! It's good times, everybody. We're a country. That's great. Just do it on the day you're supposed to freaking do it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, it's uh, people get real excited there, Scott. You know, they get they get they get so uh, it's uh, it, it's premature uh, fire ejaculation, <laughs> premature fuse ejaculation. OK, I said ejaculation trying to avoid it and I did it anyway. So we're uh, we're here. We're back. Uh, been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, Justin, I'm just about to fly home. So we're going to get into this fast. The uh, the the Game of Thrones is back. In fact, you know what? Yeah. Uh, from here on out, spoilers. So be ready for that. Uh, tell people where Action News can be found before we go any further. Let's get these out of the way. ActionNewsGame.com. We are in the back nine here, folks. A uh, little over a week to go, and we are within shouting distance of our goal of 1,000 backers. If we can get to 1,000 backers, we'll be very, 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 very happy. Uh, so go ahead and spread the word. If you've already bought it, now's the time to spam your friends psychologically. These things move better when there is less time and there is now... A deadline on doing it. Uh, uh, the the it benefits everybody. If you have uh, if you haven't got it, get it now. If you want it uh, to be bigger and better, if you already backed, now is the time to let everybody know that this is happening. It's a good game. I swear to God, I've been out here promoting it and talking about it for the last week. <laughs> and uh, uh, the good news about it is, when you talk about it and play the game so much. You're kind of forced to realize whether or not it's a good or a bad game, and yeah. I, I think I've slowly kind of, uh, you know, gotten over a little bit of my my artist self-loathing to to understand how fun of a game it is. That's actually hard to do. Uh, I totally understand it as a creator. So well done on that. And yes, people do it. As the famous lyric said, uh, "If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. So come yeah. and get it." Actionnewsgame.com. Okay. It's going fast. I got nothing to pimp, so we're just gonna play this sound here. Oh wait, where did I put it? See, this is the problem. Oh, there it is. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Watch the throne. Watch. Here's the theme song. One song. One song only. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure I missed that, dude. I feel like it, maybe I thought I missed it, but I don't miss it. That's no, I love it. And I love. I love the fact that you hate it. I love the fact that you hate it as much as I love it. That's what I love about it. It's so bad. All right. So uh, we're gonna talk openly about the first two episodes of this new season of game of thrones this half season yeah. or the short season uh of game of thrones and uh man, it, eight eight episodes uh, uh in total in total yes so what is it seven this time and eight or something the next time plus there, there was some talk about um 
they don't have limits on time, so or they don't care about time. So if something goes two hours, they're totally cool with that. If something goes 45 minutes, they're cool with that. So these episodes are not going to be some stringent, perfect hour or perfect, you know, 54 minutes or anything like that. They're gonna they're gonna kind of do as they please, which yeah. I, which I think is interesting and maybe worth some discussion. But uh, here we are. Let's let's just recap real quick. First week we get in and. Uh, uh, we know that Samuel Tarley has to clean all the poo from everything. So it's all about the poo this season. It's all about poo collection, uh, big bowls of poo. Well, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's start with the beginning in mind, uh, which is the cold open of this season. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, which is uh, Walder Frey, who we know died at the end of last season at the hands of Arya Stark, yeah. uh, gathering all of the Frey children and uh, poisoning them. Uh, I, I thought that scene was fantastic. Just just in the subtleties of uh, that guy's performance, mm-hmm. it could very much tell. You knew. I mean, obviously, like this could be a a uh, a flashback at the very beginning, That's and so he kind of reveals reveals the context. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the way that uh, and his his name escapes me, but the guy who plays Walter Frey just played that role in a way that was like. You knew. You just knew it was Arya doing a Walder Frey impression and not Walder Frey. He's the he's the uh, Harry Potter janitor. I can't give his name though. The actor name. Anyway, he's great. That guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no. When I knew what was going on, it was pretty deep into the scene because when it started, I went, "Oh, flashback from way back." Yeah. And then I went, "Oh, maybe just flashback right after Red Wedding." So we're gonna yeah. get some big reveal. And then I went. Why isn't he telling? Why is he telling his servant girl not to drink it? Oh, okay. And then it dawns on me. And then the way his eyes are sort of darting around as it's starting to hit these people that they've, you know, they've all sipped from the cup. And him not drinking was kind of a giveaway. Yeah. Awesome scene, though. My gosh, if you're going to get some damned uh, uh, revenge, you don't just stop with Walter Frey. You keep moving on to the Frey boys and girls and yeah. just tear that whole thing asunder. And it was. Really, really great, and established her uh, moving forward. Certainly for these two short seasons, or this you know one split season, or whatever this is, we're going to call it as a very important key person to watch. Now we've seen that before, and we've had old George R. R. ready to yank that carpet out. So maybe you know things could get weird with her, but as it stands right now, I think she's um, I think she's primed for some interesting uh, scenes. In fact, her, some of the most interesting scenes of the film or the show so far have been her this season. And it's yeah. only been a couple, but they were both very remarkable, I thought. Well, anyway. what you see is, a, is, is all these characters are changed so intensely since we all saw them together, which mm-hmm. is obviously what I, I think we are building to uh, in this season. Is, and we've already seen it a bunch of times, is a lot of reunitings, mm-hmm. right? Some, some reconciliations. And uh, what I think we're going to find is at the point that the three primary Stark children namely Jon Snow, Sansa, and Arya, I mean, and who knows with Bran, too, mm-hmm. uh, uh, coming back together, that they're not going to be the same people. No. And we're going to see, we're already seeing with Jon Snow and Sansa how that is pulling at their relationship, right? That Sansa is now Cersei, effectively. Mm-hmm. Like, she is no longer jaded with the world. She understands that, that the great game is being played, and she has studied her enemy to the point where she's now dressing like her and, and doing her hair like Cersei. Jon Snow has become possibly a smarter version of Ned, mm-hmm. right? Where he is 
forthright and he is trying to to live by the best code despite the fact that it already got him killed once and he's still <laughs> acting the way he did before yeah. right yeah and Arya's the hound you know Arya you know not to, to skip ahead to the episode last night right. but she's showing up and she's eating like the hound and she's drinking like the hound and she doesn't make small talk like like uh, like the hound and now she's just on this death mission until you find out that uh, she now knows that the the Starks again hold Winterfell, and she makes her decision to go north instead of south. Which is something I'd completely forgotten about that they didn't know this about each other. I, f- I forget that these people have been separated, not just by their individual story arcs in different parts of the world, but they're not getting crows. They're not being told, or uh, you know, nobody's right. being told. Yeah, I almost said owls, which is the wrong franchise. Um, but but they don't know. She doesn't know. She doesn't know about the bastard battle thing. She doesn't know anything about where everybody's at or that Jon Snow once the lowly uh bastard child of her father is now, you know, king of the north. Like there's a lot to take in and her face as she's being told this by Pop Pie who now we know his fate, which turns out it's a lot less disgusting or awful than we thought it was. In other words, he didn't die. I yeah. Was, I was always worried about him. Uh so he's there making pies and whatnot and uh same actor kid, I think, but much larger than he used to be. But anyway, Leon's getting larger. <laughs> I was thinking of that same thing, but, but she is, uh, I hadn't, but okay. So back to your point about how they're kind of these people again, or they've grown into these other roles of sometimes their enemies or sometimes they're her father or, or his father or whatever, but they really have like, like that must be a conscious thing. Don't you think? To, to make oh, these characters, I, I think I think it's very conscious from from the set design to their costuming to how they're talking to each other. I think that there was already a, uh, uh, a, a already a a kind of a breakdown of how similar Sansa's hairstyle is to Cersei's and everything, and 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 I very much felt it in that tavern scene that Arya is just uh, uh you know a, a two two crosswords away from hot pie. Uh, from just yeah, threatening him, telling him that she's going to eat every effing chicken in this place. Uh, <laughs> and meanwhile, the hound himself has kind of continued on his on his sort of redemption story, which is what we saw in the first episode, where now all of a sudden he, you know, he's forced to kind of confront the fact that he was dead and now he's alive, yeah. and that he has left. I think he he kind of lived his his life before as this sort of a uh, uh, bottle rocket without a stick. You know, he just didn't really care much. He uh, assumed that the world was just a dark, ugly place, and he just happened to be a a force in it. And now, when he comes back around with the brothers without banners to that home and watches the corpse of of the the family, the uh, father and daughter that he left, uh. You know, it's it's uh, it, it affects him, and and all he can really do is just try to walk a better life forward because he can't do anything about what he's done in the past. And it's interesting to watch him do that because he still has a really shitty attitude. Like they somehow that actor or the, his writing or something has somehow made him sympathetic and redemptive, but still just such a cranky piece of shit. Like he's yeah. still just like. Eh, it's better than she got or like every answer to every question is snarky and leave me alone and whatever. And he doesn't bind anybody's BS, but he's, his actions are admirable, you know, 
Like yeah. him, him burying that family is symbolic in lots of ways. And in some ways he's burying his old self there and, 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 and all of that. But the minute somebody has a question for him or a comment to him, he's just like, F off. <laughs> like, I really like that. I want that. I want more of that. I want him to do something important between now and the end of things. Like, I kind of feel that way about everybody, but, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's really interest, interesting to watch. So that first episode was primarily about, we, we hardly got any Daenerys. We hardly got any Tyrion. The only, we really just got shots of them on the ocean coming, yeah. coming yeah. our way and then landing on Dragonspire or whatever it is. Is that what it's Dragonstone, called? Dragonstone, yeah. Dragonstone, that's it. And they, uh, they end up there and they, you know, they walk into the room and all right, let's begin or whatever we begin and all that. And that's fine and all, but I was surprised how much of this first episode focused uh, primarily on the North, uh, the Sansa stuff. Like it just, I was, I was, I guess I was surprised because it seemed like the most pivotal moment of the end of the season previous was, Oh, they're on ships. The Dothraki aren't even afraid of the water. Now look at these guys yeah. and the unsullied and they're coming over here. And that seemed like, well, that, that's where, that's how you open, but nope. They decided not well, to. I mean, but, but we've seen kind of why, uh, uh, as we begin the second season and, and let's, before we get into that, just discuss the fact that this is a greatly condensed show than how it's been in any previous season. Number one, this is the first season where we're not going to see Essos unless there's some flashback or, or, or some random, you know, element of the story. All of our characters are off Essos. Yeah. They are all in Westeros right now. Yeah, so. all of them, including everybody right down to Jorah Mormont's not there. Like, yeah. they're gone. Yeah. They, they, are, all, they are all in uh, a ship distance and raven distance from each other, yeah. which has made the show, I think, a far different pacing than yeah. it used to. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think there's been some criticism that it's like, well, yeah, Sure, everybody used to bitch because the first three episodes were always a little slow because they had to introduce 50 characters, uh, you know, in varying different time lengths of when we're seeing them again. And now it's like, oh, geez, we're just doing stuff every scene. Like, it just it doesn't feel like the books. It doesn't feel like this long, languid, slowly developing story. But at the same time. What else are you going to do? They're all next to each other. So it's, it's not like in the past they weren't doing stuff. No. They're doing stuff far away. And now they're all in the same room yelling at each other as opposed to sending ravens and telling people to tell other people and having their actions kind of interact. I, uh, I like that. It feels like there's an immediacy to it because it used to be there were worlds apart, like you said. They were so far apart that it was always this eventuality. And there was some fun in that mystery of when will that happen? How will that happen? Who's going to be received in what way? And that sort of thing. But I like that it kind of shattered my expectations. It, it it starts out in this way that's a little cold, a little uneventful for Daenerys and her crew because what she really wants is to arrive there and be welcomed as as the great, you know, uh, return to 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 the, the proper order sort of event that it should be. And that's not yeah. really what's going on. Like it, it's it's filled with weird alliances that may or may not pan out. It's Mm -hmm. uh, old enemies are now your friends for at least a little bit. So we'll kind of work that out. And she doesn't like where she was born. <laughs> like that's a, that's a kind of a nasty place. Uh, the only person that knows why that place really matters is Sam. Well, which we can get into later, but yeah, uh, that sense of like, all right, we're here now has created an immediacy and a tenseness. I didn't expect of, well, now you're just a few days travel up North. 
Now yeah. you're just down here. You're not a clear class to see living in a hut with a bunch of, you know, angry bar barbarians. You're in a whole different place now. And now it's go time. And the politics that kick in when that happens are interesting. Hearing Cersei go, well, she's just like her father. And she's going to come with these dragons and burn us all down. And she's just totally spinning it. And I forgot that that's how this would work. In my mind, it was yeah. more like, oh, no, they're here. All right, man the, man the bastions and do the thing. Instead, it's like, no, no, no. Now we're going to shift the minds. We're going to we're going to create confusion. We're going to we're going to we're going to tell half truths and really push those like really get our press secretary out there and hammer this stuff home. Well, but listen, she's not lying. No, she didn't say anything that wasn't true. She certainly shaped her narrative in, in, in the best way for her. But listen, the, the, the Dothraki are known to be ruthless barbarians. Uh, uh, the Unsullied are the. Uh, army sold to the highest bidder that does whatever that person says. She definitely did uh, crucify all these uh, these lords all the way from from uh, Yunkai to Marine. So like this, all that stuff did happen. She still she still is a Targaryen. The last Targaryen that was in power was not exactly a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> in fact, it was enough to start a rebellion that that knocked that dynasty out of power for however long that. The, the you know Baratheon reign has been in its quick succession. Uh, but you know this is this is now a very, very controversial moment for her to to rally those that she needs while at the same time understanding, hey, look, all we can do is hold off on this for as long as possible because if she is who I'm saying she is, we're all dead. yeah, like there's like, there's there's nothing that we can do save for, you know, Cersei maybe just blowing everybody up because if if she can't have the world, nobody can. Right. That's been fascinating to watch that evolve. And Cersei is in my favorite place she's ever been, which is just this evilly watching frescoes get painted. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite. There, there is evil drinking, and then there's evilly drinking while you're watching a fresco get painted. Yeah, she's that's really there. That's where she's at. And uh, there was some, so I heard, I haven't looked it up, so I can't speak to any of this, but I heard there was some plot details leaked that indicate that maybe that giant dragon skull in the basement uh, ends up getting, getting reanimated at some point. Um, where I've I'm, heard, I have heard some, some spoilers that uh, I, I will not dare mention, but that is not the dragon spoiler that I am, that I am aware of. Okay. So you've heard, yeah, I, Again, a lot of these are, who knows, people could make up all kinds of hooch, and some of this may be real, maybe all of it's real. But I'm still a little bit thrown by when... Okay, so Jon Snow, is, in the current episode, has accepted a, a, a letter, a yeah. raven, and in the letter it says, it's an invitation from yeah. her to go meet him. And, and they they both heard good things about each other, right? They're both... There's there's this tenuous not trust, but there's like this. Well, I hear he's a good man, and bleh. and he believes that he he's more trusting in Tyrion being involved because he always felt like Tyrion was was shooting a straight. So so it's tenuous, but we're about to get the two goodest people in our story uh, together, and they're going to finally talk. And I don't know how all that turns out, but all the time there's this relentless movement of the White Walkers. They are coming. They're coming down. And they're not going to stop. So how we go from 
Cersei's fighting for what's hers to, well, it doesn't matter anyway because there's nine miles of dead things coming at us. Like that to me is going to be a fascinating journey. And I'm concerned about them sticking the landing. I'm not saying I won't like it or enjoy it, but I'm a little worried because it is the crux of everything. None of this other stuff is going to matter. The game of these thrones is going to be shit if they can't figure out a way to stop that. Well, effectively, you have three main story movements. You have a wounded dynasty in the Baratheon you know, house uh, that, that controls now a fraction of the Seven Kingdoms because of open revolt. Mm-hmm. You have the incoming uh, power, which has now united many of the revolting uh, uh, houses in, in Westeros. Uh, uh, what is it? Four, two of the kingdoms or three of the kingdoms? Three of the kingdoms, uh, yeah to her aid, but her goal is to bring uh, rule, Targaryen rule, back to Westeros. And then you have Jon Snow in the north, understanding that ultimately winter is here and they need to get their ass in gear immediately. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So one would think and and really uh, Jon Snow and Daenerys are meeting each other because they each get pieces of information. Melisandre comes to Dragonstone and informs Daenerys that, hey, Jon Snow's a good guy and you guys need to get together. And also, he is now running stuff in the North, Mm -hmm. too. And so, for Daenerys, that means, okay, an ally up North, yet another uh, kingdom of Westeros that we can now, on either side of King's Landing, control if we can have their bannermen under our uh, direction. And Jon Snow, initially gets the invite and there and he agrees yeah you know probably be good to go talk to him but you know uh, uh too dangerous the last time that a stark went to go meet a targaryen he got lit on fire <laughs> so maybe not until he gets the word from sam yeah uh which you know turns out there's a bunch of dragon glass under dragonstone which in hindsight probably should have been the first guess <laughs> Yeah, were there signs and little arrows saying Dragonstone, uh, also known as Dragonglass, found here? Yeah, yeah. I just like, I just I expected him, uh, like I expected there to be a cutaway when he's telling all the bannermen in the north, like there's a mine of Dragonglass and Dragonstone, and just have like one of the lords just like, ha, huh, man, jeez, it was right in front of our face the whole time. Don't <laughs> I feel? It feels like like, like space balls where uh, you know, like his, his luggage is one, two, three, four, five. It's like. Oh yeah, that should have been that should have been a lot more obvious. Yeah, and and, and twenty twenty on that one. Uh, let's take a quick call. We got one from Guthrin coming in. Guthrin, how are you? Good, good, good. What's on your? How mind? are you guys? Good. What's your question? Congrats on uh, three three hour funding there, Justin. Oh, hey, thank you. He's a monster. Yep. So my question is: outside of Game of the Thrones, what are you guys consuming? Book, TV, whatever. Ah, that's interesting. So uh, I don't know if I did this in preparation, Justin, for what was coming, but I started reading the game or the blade itself. Uh, it's all part of, I forgot the name of the series. Damn it. Uh, Nicole or, um, uh, Veronica will make fun of me. Anyway, it's very games of Thrones. game of Thrones. It's very swords and, and wizards and shit. Uh, and it's great and I'm loving it. And I wish that was a TV show and I kind of hope something works out that way. It's written by Joe Amicrombie and it's awesome. So take mm-hmm. this as a recommendation, everybody check that out. I'm still reading the Expanse novels. I'm just sort of taking a uh, Blade itself break in the middle, do a little fantasy, get back to my science fiction. Um, 
But now that Game of Thrones is back, I get in this fantasy mood. It's kind of all I want to think about. Um, yeah. What are you doing? I know right now you're here in Texas pushing a board game, but what do you what would yeah, you rather you know, be reading? I, I have not had quite the voluminous uh, time. Uh, pretty much everything that I'm watching, I'm talking about. So uh, if I'm if I'm talking about it, then then I have seen it. If I have if I'm not, I have not. Uh, uh, the one thing I did watch last night was the documentary uh, that they did a few years ago for Glow before they did the Netflix series. Mm. Uh, and and it, it is it is the real world look into that series that aired from 1986 to 1990 and uh and really is is great you can tell why they uh they wanted to pursue that as a fictionalized series because it it a lot of it takes it right from the uh uh you know right right from the real conflicts and character stuff but uh but unfortunately mm. there's not a lot of fiction that i'm not, not 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 much that we would normally talk about on this show that i am consuming that i'm not talking about sure we usually like to stick to the the roads and the paths we're used to as uh, uh that band used to sing those that group of three fine ladies i can't think of their name anyway hey also uh dragon glass yeah tlc is what i meant to say <laughs> stick to the roads and the uh rivers you're used the to rivers or and lakes that don't go chasing waterfalls just stick to the rivers <laughs> and the lakes that you're used to <laughs> I know that you're gonna have it your way or you're nothing at all. It's moving too fast, or however it goes. Sing it to me. It's pretty good. Uh, Jay Jipaholic in the chat room says, Dragonglass uh, found in Dragonstone is the most Final Fantasy RPG thing ever. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, so I want to ask you this question. We're now in new territory. These are not in the books. We don't have a sixth book to refer to. So a lot of this stuff is coming to, to light either exclusively for the, sh for the show or will show up in the books or some combination of that, which has sort of been from the beginning. Uh, is, does that feel like a weird cheat? Because part of me loves it. Like there's this big dark mound of awesomeness under there that you've got to get if you're going to win, if you're going to beat these White Walkers and beat the, the, the Night King. However, it's a little convenient. Like the name aside. Well, no, I, what I assume the reasoning is is that it's called dragon glass because it is forged by dragon fire. Mm. So where are all the dragons in mm. Dragonstone, where which was the the seat of Targaryen power? Right. So were they just all breathing on a mountain there, and just that's that's your that, deal? That's what I. That's where I assume we are going. Is that there will be it will be mined, and they will be making new dragon glass now that they again have dragons in Dragonstone. Okay. All right. I guess I'm okay with it. It seems a little convenient. Uh, we have on the line Functioning Mike. Functioning Mike, what's up? Hey, what's going, Scott and Jerry? Hey. My name actually is Michael. Is it? Oh, good. Well, you, you're, yeah, Mike. you're unusual because most of the people in here have weird names that have nothing to do with their real names. But we're glad to have you. What's your question? See, I, I wear my identity on my sleeve. Nice. So. Uh, well, I'm just interested to know if you guys think that the show is sort of in Game of Thrones, is losing its capacity to sort of surprise viewers with violence and that sort of thing because i don't know for me at the second episode at the end there it was just like oh okay here's another battle where dozens of ships are being exploded and that's not really a big deal it's just kind of happening because mm. we fought along that's interesting but, i you know then, then there's the counter argument of well not much is happening so sure you know, sure you have to strike that balance well that's a great question thanks for it let's talk about that do you feel like they uh have lost their i don't know no 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 i think that, that if there's any criticism of that scene and, and and in the end storytelling wise i don't know if it's much of a criticism because 
the reason why it might have felt less than interesting is that there weren't a lot of characters that we super cared about. Mm. Uh, you know, obviously the the, the Sand Snakes uh, are were a controversial element of uh, the 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 scene that they were in in Dorne with with Jamie Lannister and uh, and what's his butt. So uh, I think them all dying was not exactly anything that people were weeping about. So I think if anything, there was more of a, just a lack of tension. If Arya had been on that boat, everybody would have been you know clenching their sphincters so tight they would have made dragon glass. What's weird is they're such poison based little roguish ladies like their whole thing is always there's poisons on the tip of everything they're poking everybody with and the fact that they fought fought to defend that attack and nobody got poisoned including great uncle Greyjoy over there is a little weird to me like well I, I think the the idea was they were snuck up on like they were not they were not expecting it and they were not ready for it this was this was a diplomatic mission this was not a a a warfare kind of thing so they were caught unawares you know yeah uh, uh, the only other criticism I've heard about that entire bit was, uh, well, one one guy wrote me and says, "Why is why does a sister have to be so horny all the time?" I'm like, "Well, why do guys have to be horny all the time? Relax, that's not my problem. My problem that was, was that was her character from the introduction. Totally, right? that, totally, that, that's, that's, that's her. Both just uh, 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 omnisexual uh, uh, machines, right? Yeah, it's a, the, the Greyjoy way. It's like in their blood or something. So that that's not a thing for me. What was a thing for me though was. Um, the oh trying to remember now what was i going to say about that very scene it was about something oh theon taking off saying i'm out and getting out of there uh i guess i understand that and then they explained in the in the showrunner commentary thing at the end of the episode kind of what his mindset is and his mindset is when when he's sort of triggered by all the 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 horrible trauma he was put through uh while being reek and while you know being at the hands of ramsey and all that he's just like triggered like oh yeah. shit this is bad i'm out and he takes and he takes off uh many had hoped that he had found his you know his 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 uh confidence bone and sure. was like really into it for the win here and was going to protect his sister at all costs and i was super bummed out i don't have a problem with it in terms of the story like it didn't feel uh, weird i'm just mad at him as a person but then again, that that has really been his consistent character. Even before he was brutalized, uh, he was just an arrogant little uh, shit whose bark was worse than his bite, you know? Uh, and now, I think between all of his PTSD and, and just the fact that he didn't have much of a moral center to begin with, uh, you know, th this, is, this is what... Havoc is 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 wreaking on him. Not to mention the fact that, like, beyond whether he's good or not, that battle was lost. And I I think that Theon Greyjoy is not going to find. He would rather drown than be captured again. Yeah, because you know that that is the defining moment of his life. And you want to know what? Sorry, sis, but uh, but I'm not gonna be tortured. I, I've already had parts cut off me and psychological damage done uh, uh i i got out of it once i'm not going back and i i just i just can't was it dorn lady and his sister up on the boat pyre thing or was that somebody else were the were those the sand snakes i was looking at because i still have some confusion about who died at the end of that those were two of the sand snakes I okay so the so mom and the and sister are captives i assume they're captives and as is uh uh the other the other the, the lady Greyjoy. okay <laughs> oh yeah the lady Greyjoy. all right so 
So he's in the drink. We don't know what's going to happen to him. Uh, that's how the show ends. Uh, this yeah. last episode, yesterday's episode. So let's jump to a different character uh, arc. Well, here, real quick, let's just touch on one more thing. Yeah, here. go ahead. Did you think that Euron was 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 kind of that he has been reintroduced as a little bit too OP? Um, uh, when he got out, when he was fighting everybody in the boat thing, I kept thinking, oh well, they've got him. He's gonna die now because no man can take this kind of treatment. But he came out of there acting like the the mountain. Um, yeah, and 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 yeah, a little OP. There's some uh, uh, something going on there. I I kind of like how what a maniac he is. Like I am I am grooving on that. I yeah. think his smile and his laugh and his ridiculous over the top pirate. I mean, they are the pirate nation. Yes, and and I love that they have a. I love that theme in in Game of Thrones. I think that's awesome. And he's he's to, now. To be honest, it's one of the things that uh, of all the physical representations of yeah. the characters from the books. Yeah, the Greyjoy culture is the one that I think that they didn't get right. The books go a very long way when they talk about paying the iron price. Yeah. The idea is, if you are cool, you do not have anything that is your own because right. you have stolen it from so many people. So the coolest people in that uh, Iron Islands culture just look like weird, gaudish pimps with like mismatched clothes and like 14 different rings on each hand because mm -hmm. that's how you show status is how much you've accumulated by stealing yeah. uh, and by killing and reaving and stuff like that. And so that's really what, to me, I didn't, I saw that criticism that it's like, oh, geez, we haven't seen this guy in like six seasons. He gets all his ships ganked by, uh, by his younger cousins. Right. And then all of a sudden he shows up, he's got a thousand ships and he's the most badass person on the planet where in the books and we're only going to have so much more hashtag in the books, but uh, he is supposed to be, he left, he was exiled for eight years being the most badass pirate on the planet. Mm -hmm. And so when he comes back, uh, that's why he is who he is. So that didn't ring false to me, but I could understand where, where it would have for some other. Yeah. I mean, he's got, that dude seems to have some energy. He's been, he, he's been doing his Wheaties or whatever. Uh, I don't know what, what his old thing is. I'm having a hard time predicting anyone's outcome, to be honest. The whole the whole thing. Like, usually I can look at somebody and go, well, I'm probably going to die, or that that person's too good, they're going to die, that person's evil, they'll eventually die. I don't have any idea who he's going to off before this is over. Uh, I mean, we're just, we have too much ahead of us, I guess, to sort of hammer all that stuff out. I mean, but we're already, what? It's, it's seven or eight episodes, this, this frame. Correct. We're two so, in, so we have five left, basically. Ugh. So we're already 20% through the story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wait. Yeah. Maybe that's also why it feels compressed more, a little. More than that, right? 30 yeah. or 50% through the story. Yeah, and you had a theory last season when we were doing this on the regular. You were saying that you felt like the compression was happening because these actors need to move on. Like, get on to other projects and do other things, and many of them already are. Um, I mean, I think the, the showrunners too. I the showrunners as well. Yeah, that whole Confederate we thing. Talk about that. that. That that doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah, I don't know. I trust those guys in the sense that creatively they'd probably do stuff, but their messaging is real weird on that. Um, but anyway, so uh, back to the point here. Uh, Jamie, yeah, has a role to play. <laughs> uh, I want to know what that's going to be. Do you have any thoughts on kind of his place right now? Because he's in a weird position of, I don't know, he's got to placate his sister who's gone full nutbag at this point. Yeah. 
Uh, she's all in on that. And he's not so sure he wants to go that far. He may be an incestuous, backstabbing butthole. But that's kind of where it ends for him. And I don't think he's interested in this kind of, you know, whatever she's doing. So I have this nagging feeling in the back of my head that the the great, I don't know, destruction of Cersei Lannister may come at the hand of the brother who she loves and who, you know. Well, it seems almost certain that either Tyrion or Cersei will have their fate decided by Jaime, mm. right? Uh, and, and, and part of what we see is Tyrion's strategy being, okay, the goal of this is to have as bloodless a coup of, as possible. Yeah. Because that's your MO, that's what you did in Essos, that's what's going to work here, because you are a foreign invading army that despite the fact you've got all the nukes, you can't just set King's Landing on fire and then stroll on in and say, guess what? I'm the best person ever. <laughs> Hooray, me. Uh, so he tries to be what ultimately turns out to be, at least at the end of this episode, too clever by half. Mm. Wants to send the uh, these emissaries back to Dorne to marshal up their army so they can go uh, somewhere and seize something. And then they want Highgarden to go back and seize another thing. But... They're going to really use the unforgivable raping, pillaging murder machines at King's at a, at at a, a Lannis port. What is it? Oh, what is uh, it? Uh, Casterly, Casterly Rock. Casterly Rock. Yeah. And they're going to go. He's going to do that there, which now you got to figure where does Jamie's allegiances lie? Because yeah. you're right. He believes his lover, the mother of his children, who are now all dead is an absolute loon mm -hmm. right and she's trying he's trying to do his best to kind of play uh play around that and yet the, his brother who he also loves obviously not physically in the way that he has his sister but uh <laughs> is gonna go and destroy their family yeah. he, he is he is going to use the atom bomb on the lannister dynasty right uh uh and and do whatever there is to be done there so uh, he is going to, at some point, have to decide one of these people have to die. Yeah. You know, or we're all going to die together. It's going to be the sister. You don't have any kids left. She's crazy. He's going to be the queen slayer. It's, it's the perfect poetic ending for that guy. Like, that's that's how that ends. I'm, I'm calling it now. Lannisters kill Lannisters. That's the debt he finally pays. He kills his sister, who's causing way too much trouble. He may even die in the end, too, but it ain't going to be his brother. I just can't. Like, you want to know what? I, I, I don't know. I would actually, if we were to put money on it, I would say it's more likely he kills Tyrion than he kills Cersei. Mm. Because mm. I, I think that there is just this, if he could have killed her a million times. I mean, do, do you know how easy it would be for Jamie to just drop a little poison in her wine, say she died in her sleep, and, and find somebody else to orderly kind of like come through? Like at this point, don't you think, Westeros would be would have been better served if at some point Queen Cersei just kind of, you know, went to sleep and never woke up. Yeah, but we're also talking about a lot of time when the kids were still there, this whole time where there are no kids. And this is just post like nuking the entire citadel and taking all of all of her opposition out. Her meaningful opposition. I'm not I'm not so sure now wouldn't be the time for him to think about this. Versus then, because I'm not sure he was, you know, Tom and Tom and hadn't jumped out yet. Like there's a lot of things that were still kind of keeping it together. And 
now that's not there. What's ironic is in the beginning of the show, the first couple of seasons, there was this permeating sense that, oh my gosh, all the Starks are dying. What of, what of the Starks? Too many Starks are dead. You've broken the family up. How is this going to work? And what's really happened is most of them are fine. Well, I mean, they may not be fine, but they're, most of them are okay, generally speaking. There have been some losses, no, no doubt. But Bran, despite his disability, is still kicking it. And everybody else has got their thing. And Jon Snow's got this huge role to play. And Arya's this and Sansa that. But then you've got, you know, potentially Uncle, uh, what's his name? Who's kind of half White Walker up there. What's his name? Uncle Benjen. Benjen. Yep. Uh, he's even around. Yet all the Lannisters dying like flies. And well, I, there are just more. <laughs> there's more Starks, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and they have killed a fair amount of them. You know, mm. uh, and a lot of the, the younger ones obviously were just too kind of young to to be uh, influential. So, yeah, until I have, now, I have questions about wolves. I'm going to ask you that in a sec. But before that, we're going to take a call from I am sci fi. Ian, you're on the line. What's up? What's up guys? Hey, man, it's nice to hear from you. How's New York? Uh, hold on a second. Let me, let me mute it. There we go. No worries. No worries at all. What's on your mind? What's your question? Not too much. Uh, I'll go nice and quick since uh, since Kickstarter are young. Uh, said to ask ask your questions and leave, and I will comply. <laughs> uh, I I've got uh, I've got the two off the bat. Uh, one, uh, have you guys noticed a change in the costuming this year? Because this is the first year that uh, the original costume designer for the show is no longer with the show, and I've noticed that it's a little bit. It's a little bit looser. It's a little bit more streamlined. It also it is, it's pre- also darker. I'm noticing a lot of blacks where it used to be a lot of browns and earth tones and reds and things, especially on King's Landing. But everybody, including like straight up uh, uh, Khaleesi over there, usually is a little more colorful. And she's got this like jet black, like queen of the damned thing going on. I, I, yeah. I totally noticed. I don't know if it's like, I mean, it still feels like the world we're in, but definitely well, I'm seeing a difference. Part of it is also that the world is supposed to be colder, yeah. right? That we are, we are moving into winter. And so there is just a different manner of dress. Uh, but yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of leather work, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of, a lot of tight corsets and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, Fox fur trimmings. <laughs> yeah. You are indeed. All right. Your second question. Uh, the, the other one is, uh, since we're coming off of San Diego Comic-Con and I've got comics on the brain, we've had three members of the cast so far wind up in X-Men properties one way or another. Who else do you want to see as X-Men or X-Men villains? Oh, interesting. Thanks, man, for your, uh, for your call. Let's talk about that real quick. Who in this cast needs to be... You got Okay, so let's establish who's already out there. Uh, you got to... Uh, Peter Dinklage is in X-Men. He plays a... Well, what was he? It's like a scientist might be a villain at some point. Um... Who else? Is that it? Uh, no, no, no. Sansa oh, is Sansa. Jean Grey. Jean Grey, right. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I think there might be one more, but I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, you want to know what? A little bit of a younger... Um, you know, but I guess they could age her up. Uh, but Cersei, I think, would be a great Emma Frost. Ooh. Yeah, that's not bad. You know, I think she is a character that that probably the only one in... Uh, first class that I didn't love the portrayal of because Emma Frost, I think, is such a dynamic villain mm-hmm. inside that Hellfire Club kind of hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
then I would say, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know for for Jon Snow who I would who I would like Jon Snow for. Jon Snow is forever cursed. That actor is forever cursed to be um, downtrodden. Like he's got this face of uh, he's just damaged, and and either he's just really good at being Jon Snow, or yeah. that's just the face he'll always have, and that's okay. I think there's plenty of room for that, but he he just is you know always trying to do right but through this this face of like oh my gosh freaking this has not been easy uh, this is hard this pains me like everything pains him and i don't i don't mean this as a as, as a problem this is not a pejorative coming out of me i actually like it about him he makes john snow work for me but i don't know what his roles are after this like it feels like he's when, when are we going to get something where he's just mr happy-go-lucky it's not going to happen no. no no imagine that you can't <laughs> and and aside from that, obviously Samwell as Colossus. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, this is a good place for us to close to end on because you've got a flight to catch. I want to I want to talk real quick about Sam's role in all this. Gotcha. So awesome! I love everything at the Citadel. I really like that they hired um, Jim Broadbent. You mean, you mean lore lore central? Yeah, lore central. Oh, dude, the lore the lore library, dude. Check out where you always check out, but you can never leave or whatever. But George, but uh, uh, Broadbent, Jim Broadbent, the actor playing yeah. the arch maester up there, is a freaking stroke of casting genius. He's really good in this. Um, yeah. I really want more of that. I, I can't believe I'm saying this because it seems like it should be the boring part of the story. But I love where Sam is. He may be on poo and pus duty right now, but he's got other plans. Uh, the whole Jorah Mormont, let's take your skin off and do the thing was freaking gross, but kind of awesome. Like, I just love Sam. I love his arc, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, any any thoughts on him being anything more than, you know, lore boy? No, I mean, I think that Broadbent's going to be, he, he's going to be there in, in the Citadel, and I don't know, like, I don't think he's going to wind up traveling anywhere, uh, but... It actually reminds me a lot. Did you ever watch The Americans? Yeah, I started it. Actually, I'm like halfway, or no, I'm almost done with season one. So, I'm really enjoying it. There, there, there is a point in which uh, they add Frank Langella mm. to the cast, the guy who played Nixon in Frost v. Nixon. Yeah, I love him. Uh, and it's it just elevates the entire cast. Yeah, somebody who is that good and that seasoned and such a veteran just sort of drop into this already humming machine. And that's what I feel like when I see Jim Broadbent in the Game of Thrones world, where it's like, but you know what? Just do you add <laughs> add the Jim Broadbent little stuff, yeah. you know, like like just those little beats of him getting, you know, uh, uh, understanding Sam enough that he knows that he thinks his book title sucks, and then, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, being like firm but but also kind of uh, understanding i thought that it's just great just yeah fantastic. he's so good he reminds me he's a bit like in previous seasons with the uh the, the three-eyed raven uh played by uh, what's his name freaking uh old guy he's been in a million things uh max von, max von sideow yeah. that guy same deal comes in everything elevates when he's on screen i love that the show has been lucky to do that i think that old lady who plays the high garden lady is incredible uh, oh, yeah. the uh, Avengers yeah. and appeal, right? Yeah. Where is she, she right now, though, by the way? Like, where's what boat did she end up on? Because it wasn't the one where... She uh, was on the boat going to Highgarden. Okay. Oh, that's right, because they were splitting up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, never mind. They were each going to mobilize their armies and take different places. Okay, because that could have been real ugly if she was there. 
No. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, everybody, everybody's killing it. These these seasoned actors are killing it. I'm really enjoying it. A lot of people have said it's very cerebral this season so far. These two episodes have been a lot of exposition and talk. I've I've enjoyed these actors eating up the scenery and talking. I don't have any problem with it. You don't need every scene doesn't need to be this boat attack. In fact, I'm glad it's not. Um, glad they got a little porn action there in this recent one. There you go for that. That's, that's, eat it like a eunuch. Yeah, you gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta get your quota in there. Uh, I had some guy write me and say, do your kids watch the show with you? I go, no. And he goes, why not? I said, well, I don't know. Did you see the scene from last night? It's a little rough for, you know, you got to sit there next to your kid, even rougher for them sitting there next to their parents. And he goes, oh, well, I guess this sort of stuff doesn't bother me. I'm like, well, you're not a parent. So shut up. (laughs) Quit telling me how this works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, cool, man. That's a cool thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Great. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like your, your, your nudity and I'm glad it doesn't bother you. And it, doesn't bother me either. I'm not being prudish. I just, what are you talking no, about? I mean, especially, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's not, I, I think that's more for them than it is for you. Yeah, it right? is. Because they're all of the age where they're going to see stuff like that. They're, they're, you know, they're either in college or in high school old enough that like these, you're watching R rated movies and yeah, yeah. this is very popular. So it's like, yeah, it's just more that I don't, I would prefer not to watch it. <laughs> with my kids for everybody's sake the same reason i didn't want to watch you know nine and a half weeks with my mom or something like what are you what are you even talking about gather around children it's time for eunuch on translator action exactly yeah it's not like uh like that time i watched showgirls with my grandma <laughs> that's a good one that would be a good one to see with your grandma. Actually, never do that. That's a terrible idea. All right. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we Obviously, more to discuss as new episodes come out. And, of course, uh, some movie stuff we haven't gotten to in the last couple of weeks uh, coming up in the future. Uh, but we should go because you have a flight. Uh, Got to get back home. Yeah, you get back home. Do that. Uh, we'll be back next week with a whole new episode. All those things Justin said at the top of the show. A reminder, again, actionnewsgame.com. Go there. Support it kickstarter justin no what do you call you kickstarter robert jones kickstarter kickstarter young (laughs) pretty good uh i think it's an awesome game and i really like the demo copy i have and if you guys want to support a rad thing go support it uh frogpants.com for everything else that's going on around these here parts that will do it for the both of us we'll see you guys next time bye bye This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Oh, whoops. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>